0: The JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month. For $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show, and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business? You want me to talk about it? I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus, you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. What's up, y'all? Jay Scott Smith here. And uh, this is, as I promised at the end of last week's show, kind of a special commentary, whatever you want to call this. As I'm recording this right now, it is 5.40 p.m., And yes, I'm putting the time out there. It's 5.40 p.m. on November 7th, 2016. The night before what is arguably the biggest presidential election, overall election, of my 37 years of living. Last Thursday morning, I'm sitting at work, and it's about 7.15 And my cell phone rings, which normally that time of day, my cell phone's not ringing. I look down, and the number on the phone was my dad calling from his cell phone at 7.15 a.m. on a Thursday. And the first thing that pops into my head is, oh, shit, what happened? Because my dad never calls me that early in the morning unless I know what's coming. So something terrible must have happened. He calls me, and for those who've listened to this show, or just people who've talked to me and know me, my dad's a pretty chill dude. He's a pretty cool cat. Not a lot gets to him. He was a cop in Detroit for more than 30 years. He's He's been through a lot, seen a lot in his life. He came up southwest Detroit, came up, came up in the hood before it was the hood, and experienced a lot in what are now his 66 years. But 66 years means he was born in 1950. And he, in his life, saw what a lot of us my age and younger have only read about in history books, or if we're lucky, we've seen in Eyes on the Prize videos, or if we've staggered onto YouTube and wandered down the rabbit hole, as I tend to do, when I'm not looking up like baseball videos or something. I see some of these things. My dad was 17 when the riots occurred in 1967 in Detroit for example he was 18 when Martin Luther King was assassinated he was 14 when Malcolm X was killed he lived through the quote-unquote good old days in Detroit when Detroit had almost 2 million people and the auto industry was booming and it was a it was quote-unquote a great time to be alive even though for people who look like him and people who look like me it wasn't always the greatest time to be alive so That brings us back around to this phone call I got at 7.15 a.m. last Thursday. He sounded shook. He was quick to assure me there was nothing major, nothing terrible had happened, but he was shook, and that's something I haven't heard from my dad in a long time. Like, shook. Shook. Like, yo. And I could tell something was bothering him. And he asks me, Just rather, in his own matter-of-fact way, do I have anything to worry about next Tuesday? He was referring to the election. Anybody who's listened to this show knows what direction I'm swinging in. It's, It's not exactly in the direction of the man peddling the red hats. And my dad, who's seen so much and been through so much, my mom, by the way, was born in rural Alabama during World War II. You already know what this country was like in the South in the 1940s for black people. And my dad's all, he's shook, I can tell he is. But I had to reassure him, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Maybe this is foolish of me, but I actually believe that this country is smarter and better than what we've seen from it the last two years. His fear his nervousness is something that, that's kind of shook me more than anything else. Because he says to me is that, I've seen this before. He's, again, very matter-of-factly. I've seen this before. I've seen this atmosphere before. Not just a guy like the one running for president, but an atmosphere like this. He's seen this before. And it took me back. Because I have to remember, he was born in 1950. He came of age in the 60s and the early 70s. So his teen years and his early 20s were spent essentially during the prime and eventual early fallout of the civil rights movement. He lived through that entire 1960s decade with the Cuban Missile Crisis and Kennedy and Malcolm and Martin and Bobby Kennedy getting killed. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting to hear somebody talk to you who's been through that. Like really been through that. And that's something I would love to have almost like a homework assignment for the young cats who listen to this or know me. If you know somebody Born in this country somewhere between 1948 and 1965, talk to him about what that atmosphere was like. I was born in 1979, so I was pretty well removed from that. We were heading into the 80s, and that was another story altogether. But my dad has a fear of what could be coming in this country. He's been down this road before. He's seen this movie. Vilifying foreigners. Placing blame on immigrants. Looking down on minorities. Black people, for example. Telling women to stay in your place. Telling blacks to stay in their place. Threatening to kick out all the Latinos. Vilifying all the Muslims. Vilifying Arabs. It's not right. It's not right. And he sees this. And that struck me. Because for the last two years, really, before the guy peddling the red hats came down the gilded escalator, we've been heading in a bad, bad direction in terms of race, in terms of, in terms of how we treat each other. I've done, this is not the first time I've mentioned that on this show. For you newbies, the second episode of this show, which sounds a whole lot different than current episodes do, so bear with me on that, talked about this sort of thing. I've talked about how the guy who peddles the red hats has affected locker rooms in the NFL and affected our discourse in this country. I live no more than maybe 500 yards away from my polling place. So when I pull up in the parking lot tomorrow, when I get off work, I can walk across the street to go cast my vote. And please understand that I am. And there's not a damn thing anybody could do to keep me from doing it. This will be the fifth presidential election I'll be able to vote in. First time I voted in a presidential election was 16 years ago in 2000. Oh, boy. Anybody who's of my age remembers that night. I was a year too young to vote in 1996. I turned 18 in 1997, September 5th. So my first presidential election was 2000. And I remember how stoked I was to send in an absentee ballot because I was still registered in Detroit at the time instead of in East Lansing at MSU. And I was stunned when even though al gore won michigan we all know what happened in florida and it set loose eight years of george w bush 2004 i voted and it was it was tough but it had to be done eight years ago was momentous eight years ago was the type of thing you only heard about in sitcoms and in comedy movies and in And in alternate universes and like the most well-known black president I'd seen on TV to that point was Dennis Haysbert in 24. But you never thought in your lifetime you're going to see that. Nobody did. Anybody was born when I was. Anybody was born essentially prior to about 1995 never took the prospect of a black president of the United States happening seriously. And then it did. And he was re-elected. This whole world has changed. And as I've tweeted out on Twitter, by the way, at J Scott Smith, it's verified. Look for the blue check mark. I've tweeted this out. I've never been one to fall into this 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 horseshit idea that we're post racial in this country. Anybody who really believed that, who really peddled in that, is either ignorant or lying. I never believed that we were post-racial. But I remember that night in Chicago, because I cast my vote that morning in Detroit, packed up a bag, jumped on I-94, and I was in Chicago by 2 p.m. local time. I was in Grant Park that night when President Obama was officially elected. And it was, I joke about this sort of thing, but in a way, it's kind of the truth. The, the celebration that y'all saw last week for the Cubs at Grant Park and the celebration y'all saw in the city of Chicago for the Cubs, extrapolate that across black America. And for all people of color, to be perfectly honest. But extrapolate that across black America. That's what it was like for us on November 4th, 2008. I said that night that this must be what it'll be like if the Lions ever win a Super Bowl. It was that insane. There were police officers, white police officers, jumping up and down, hugging black people on the street, high-fiving each other. I saw grown men and grown women crying. My mother broke down. I broke down. It was amazing. And I thought for a fleeting moment that while this country will never get past race, I thought that this country had matured. And grown up, I did. I remember walking through Chicago's Chinatown the next day, and the air that was in the place, the air that was through that whole city was just unreal. And as we've seen in the last eight years, what President Obama's tenure has done is help dredge up a lot of that anger. Not the anger that you hear purported in the media, quote-unquote, about... Economic anxiety, and they're angry about their about their jobs going away and their economic position. No, 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 oh, no. That's bullshit. This anger is based in racial animus, and this feeling of we're losing this country because this black man is president, and these gays want their marriages and their relationships to be respected, and women are demanding that their reproductive rights be respected and their right to equal pay be respected, and their right to their dignity be respected, and these Muslims are demanding that their religion be treated with the same respect as Christians. (gasps) All this was, it wasn't brand new, but it, it came thundering to the surface over the last eight years. What we've seen in the last two, with the increased racial tension, which is at a fever pitch that hasn't been seen in this country since, My father was a teenager in Detroit. The increased racial tension between blacks and whites, between whites and Arabs and Muslims, Christians and Muslims, gays and straight people. This entire election season has unearthed something that is so startling and so shocking and so grotesque and so unbecoming of this country. And yes, it's exemplified by one candidate. This is not a case of two candidates are equal. They're not. And all the mental gymnastics you can come up with will not convince anyone with half a brain that these two are the same. My dad is shaken. He's shook because he sees the trajectory here. He sees where it's headed, and he doesn't like it, and it scares him because he thought he'd seen the end of this. I'm not telling you who to vote for tomorrow. I know who I'm voting for, a lot of us already do. What I'm saying is, when you go to the polls, and yes, damn it, go to the polls. Yeah, it's been funny haha with me running the Aziz Ansari promo to go vote. Seriously, go vote. Five times in my life I have voted for President of the United States Multitude of other times I voted in midterm elections and mayoral elections and gubernatorial elections and elections for state senator and state house and, and city council and US Senate and US Congress. All those things are important. All of them. Show up, vote. Because guess what? As much as you seem to think, oh the votes don't matter and I can't vote for them. It's the there's it's the same. It's no bit no, it's not the same. It's not. It's not, you know that, and you're lying to yourself and trying to convince yourself otherwise is is insulting to my intelligence and insulting to others. There's no third-party choice. You want to make a case for a third party? You want to make a case to shake up and make radical change? Save that shit for two years from now in the midterms. Start getting together your libertarians and your Green Party guys to run for local office. Run for some of these House seats, some of these state House seats, some of these state Senate seats. That's where you start to do it. You don't do it by putting some Johnny-come-lately who doesn't know his ass from Aleppo on a presidential ballot and insist that he knows what he's doing. It's real change. There's no clue. None. None. My dad fears where this country's headed after what he's seen for the better part of the last year. My mom fears where this country's headed after what she's seen going on the past few years. She's been there. My dad's been there. My dad's not the most politically out there active guy. And he's talking to me about politics. Yes, I know. This entire presidential election has been like one long stressful slog It's been painful. Trust me, I would much rather be sitting here talking to you about why I think the Detroit Lions are the most infuriating team in the history of the world right now. I really would. I would love to talk about the NBA. I would love to talk about pro wrestling. But this is really the most important thing there is. I don't think me telling you to vote is going to make that decision for you one way or the other. You've made up your mind. If you're going to vote, thank you. Show up. Show up. You keep talking about your voice, doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't matter if you don't say shit. If you sit around with your arms folded, stomping your feet because you're the guy you wanted to win in the primary didn't win, get over it. He did. About time you do. You want your voice to be heard? You can't do it sitting around being a smug, smartass on the sidelines. Get up and go do something. Because guess what? That other guy... His people are able to look past the fact that he's racist, that he's xenophobic, that he's sexist, that he's misogynist, that he brags, openly brags about sexually assaulting women, that he lies so indiscriminately, that he mocks disabled people. He does all these things, and there are hordes of people who see all this, and they either vote for him in spite of all that or worse, because of it. They're not sitting there with their thumb up there you know what talking about my voice doesn't matter i'm gonna protest we'll show you no know what they're gonna do they're gonna get up off their ass and they're gonna go vote for him they're gonna make that decision for you if you're tired of people making decisions for you here's your opportunity you want to shake up the system day after tomorrow start eyeballing 2018 in the midterms that's when you really can drop some bombs in local offices, and state offices, and in Congress. Tomorrow is not the time to throw a hissy fit or take your ball and go home. My dad, my mother, and thousands if not millions of black people and brown people and Arabs and Muslims are living in legit fear of what could be coming down the pike if you don't show up, period, in the discussion. My name is J. Scott Smith. And I'm speaking solely for myself here on this one, as I do on every episode. Take care of yourself. God bless. Always there to be different. Always have your pets spader neutered. And get off your ass and go vote. Because it always means something, but it really, really means something tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll check in with you guys later on in the week and we can get back to being knuckleheads again. I will holler at you soon. Be sure to go vote. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> Check, Check it, out. it out. This is JSC Radio. Hello, I'm Aziz Ansari. I'm here because apparently there's someone that's on the fence about voting, and they're gonna see me telling them to vote, and then they're gonna be like, "Okay, I guess I'll vote." What? What the? F- do you need? How many celebrities have made these stupid videos? Robert Downey Jr. made one. DiCaprio made one. Jennifer Lawrence is in one. These people are way more famous than me. Why do you need me? Well Aziz, some of the millennials are really responding to you if you can make a video. Really, it's gonna make a difference. There's a guy running that says he hates brown people. Why, that's not enough? He doesn't believe in climate change. That's how dumb you have to be to not believe in climate change at this point. Seriously, this is going to make the difference. It's my lunch break right now. Go vote, please. There's too much at stake to sit on the sidelines during this election. Register to vote at nextgenclimate.org vote, and then get out there to the polls on November 8th.